0: Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcast from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Tuesday, a game day here for your New Orleans Pelicans, in a game that, well, doesn't matter a whole lot. We're still going to talk about it. We're still going to preview it in the third segment. There's still things to look at with this as the Pelicans go with the youth movement because a number of guys are getting shut down right now. Probably the smart move. We'll talk about that in the first segment. I'll let you know who it is, why this is fine, why it's okay. Then in the second segment, let's look at Lonzo Ball a little bit. He really struggled in the bubble. What went on there? What's his true value to the Pelicans? And do they make a decision this offseason? So, let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. The only podcast here Monday through Friday for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about the team, even after they've been eliminated from playoff contention. So subscribe, tell a friend about the show, and leave a five-star review with a comment when you get a chance. So, as the Pelicans are now officially eliminated from playoff contention, you're going to start to see, and they've done it on the injury report, and we said that this was going to happen, they're going to start to list some guys as out and basically just shut them down and not play them. And you're seeing it for the, well, three biggest players on the team, and this is on the Pelicans injury report, you're seeing Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram alongside Drew Holiday listed as out Ingram and Williamson have right knee soreness while Holiday has a right elbow contusion. Alvin Gentry at his media availability yesterday said that this is just holding these guys out for precautionary reasons. He said, quote, obviously some of them have been banged up most of the season and stuff, but it's just a precautionary thing, really. We sat down and just agreed that it's the right thing to do right now. I don't think anyone really has a problem with Ingram or Holiday shutting it down. I, you know, I said yesterday that we could speculate that maybe Ingram didn't really want to play in this and just kind of wants to get out of here, get his big contract, and then come back next season. I don't fault him for that, though it's a little bit disappointing. So this move kind of makes sense. It falls in line with that a little bit, but I think they would have done this even if he wasn't a free agent or anything like that. Look at Holiday, who's under contract next season, and just doesn't have a need to play. There's just no reason to risk them suffering some sort of Jonathan Isaac-esque injury And not being ready to go whenever next season starts. And we still don't know. It's predicted for early December. Likely move back maybe on Christmas Day. Maybe in 2021. But there's no reason not to to have these guys kind of out there. If potentially they could suffer an injury at this point. These are two meaningless games where guys aren't going to try fully. And then some guys will, and that could probably lead to an injury. It's just not worth the risk. Zion's a bit of a different story, and I've seen the reaction on Twitter of people being like, well, you know, if he needs to get in shape, play him in these two games, right? To a degree, you're correct on that sort of thing. Or, you know, you need to see him in lineups with other guys and testing him out and see what works around him and what doesn't and get more data on it. And also, you're correct on that. But without Holiday, without Ingram, I think there's less of a need to see because, frankly, the only two guys around him that really matter are Ingram and Holiday, and they're not going to be playing. So at that point, you kind of just bring Zion with it. Plus, playing 20 to 25 minutes over these next two games, I don't think is going to do much for his like long-term conditioning. They're just going to go home. There's going to be an offseason, and it is what it is really right you know I think when you look at this there's value to these guys training in the offseason and playing five on five and running through pickup games and all of that in the lead up to next season I don't think there's really as much of a need to actually do anything right now it's a risk reward kind of thing you need guys to get ready for the start of the season so they play ball with the ever-present risk of injury right here in a meaningless game when some guys are trying hard some guys aren't all of that kind of stuff can lead to an injury happening, and for Zion, it's just not what you want. You can play other guys, other young guys, and Nikhil and Jackson Hayes and Darius Thornwell, whoever else you want to look at here, and realize that if an injury happens to him, say an injury that causes them to miss next season, isn't nearly as crippling for your franchise as it would be to Zion Williamson. So I understand why they kind of look at it, you weigh, weigh the risks, weigh the rewards, and frankly, the risks win out in this case, but it doesn't in other young guys. And that's why I think we'll talk about it in the third segment too. You're going to get a heavy dose of Jackson and Nikhil in this, and I'm kind of excited for them. So for all of these guys, yeah, whatever. It doesn't really matter. It just, the the risk doesn't outweigh the reward here. And when you play five on five in the summer, you're not going nearly as hard as some of these guys will in a game. That's fine. It's a good way to ramp things up. And yes, there is an ever present risk of injury, but the risks need or the rewards need to outweigh the risks in like 50 40 to 50 more minutes of Zion, isn't isn't that here? I know people are frustrated about this, and this is something that I've said on WWL radio, on ESPN radio too here in New Orleans. People seem really upset with the medical staff and their handling of Zion Williamson and some of these other guys, but don't forget, we lauded this hire about a year ago when it was made, when they brought Aaron Nelson over from the Phoenix Suns to revamp the medical operation, the training operation, the recovery operation, you know, just using this as a blanket term. And we trusted them to make the right decisions. So now that it just goes against your favorite player not playing, people have kind of turned on that a little bit. And I think that is the wrong way to look at it. You can be a YouTube medical doctor that actually has no insight like that one that The Athletic interviewed for their piece on this. There's there's no insight to be gained from that because he's not actually a sports medicine doctor. He's just trying to be a YouTube star, I think, and doesn't have really a lot of the facts here with Zion Williamson and, in fact, walked back a lot of his stuff. The medical staff who does have the data on Zion, who works with him, has a sound plan for all of this. And isn't that the person we should trust? Isn't that the person we were thrilled that the team had hired? And so to kind of see the backlash against that has been a little bit weird for me during all of this. Look, I'm going to use a phrase here that I don't think I'm allowed to use outside of Philadelphia. And that's trust the process, right? Isn't that what this is? At least with the medical staff. You could you could talk about the other stuff. And we'll talk about Lonzo Ball coming up. But at least with the medical staff and the way they're handling Zion... They have a plan and a process that they're going to follow. And these are the experts on it. The experts that we celebrated coming to New Orleans. So just because one guy doesn't play and you disagree with that and think it's different. eh, I'm going to lean on the side of the medical experts, the medical experts working with the team and the guys that you had just been really thrilled about that they had hired. Today's show is brought to you by CBDMD. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. That's me, by the way. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Our routines have changed. You're not maybe moving as much and then when you do move it really really hurts and weird things kind of creak but luckily our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax regroup and recharge when life gets chaotic CBD Freeze with menthol is an award winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints and convenient easy to use rollers or shareable squeeze tube and CBD Recovery combines CBD with inflammation fighting compounds and vitamin B6 to give you the the support you need where it matters most and to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer. They're offering all of our listeners 25% off your next order. When you use the promo code NBA at checkout, once again, that's CBDMD.com promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. So don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. Again, the only podcast coming to you Monday through Friday, breaking down everything you want to know. We're still going to be doing postmortems on the team in these next coming days, really breaking down some of the players. Like we're going to look at Lonzo Ball right here. We're going to have a lot of draft coverage now that our focus is shifting to the offseason and all of that entails. So a whole lot to cover about your favorite team. Subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. So Lonzo Ball in the bubble was bad. There's like no other way to put it. 5.7 points per game, 2.8, three turnovers per game. Did have a steal. Did have seven assists and 5.3 rebounds. His field goal percentage overall in the bubble, 26%. Three-point percentage in the bubble, 19.2%. He didn't even average one make per game. Free throw percentage in the bubble, let's round up to be nice here. And then that still puts us at 43%. These are all really bad numbers. And these are significantly down from what he did during the regular season, which was 11.8 points per game, seven assists, 6.1 rebounds, had 1.4 steals per game, but shot at least 40% from the field and 37% from deep and 55.4% from the uh, from the free throw line. This is a, a hard regression. And he owned up to this a little bit during the media availability yesterday, basically saying like, yeah, I, I did not play up to the standards that I need to play and I let the team down and I've got to live with this. And he wants to be better. But it was interesting kind of in the immediate aftermath when Bleacher Report posted those numbers and how shitty that they are, he immediately comes out on Twitter and quote tweets it and be like, wait till you post my stuff next season. There was more fight from him after the game on Twitter than there was during the Spurs game. Which is a little bit disappointing to see and kind of makes you wonder, right? That's just not a good look to have. The numbers in the bubble are just bad. Plain and simple. He couldn't shoot. So a lot of it I think comes from he's a bit of a boomer bust player offensively. He does things and the bubble and the way the Pelicans play did not suit him. When you can't, when this team can't get out and transition and run because they're not getting stops, he's not nearly as effective as he was during the regular season. He's not good in the half court. The games where he looks good in the half court, he's making threes. And if he's not doing that, he gives you nothing in the half court. So usually his offense is basically going to be predicated on, is he hitting four or more threes in a game? If he does, he's going to look good. But if he doesn't, and he's only had one good three-point shooting season this season. And that includes some games where he went like seven of nine. How much of variance is there? And I think we need more time to kind of look at this. Defensively, he is about average. Maybe a little bit above average. But he's not a good defender. We can dive into some of the numbers on that a little bit later. His rebounding's good, but it also kind of belies the fact that he's grabbing these long rebounds off a lot of opponents' missed threes, which is a useful thing to do because the Pelicans don't do a good job of that in the first place. But it's not like he's battling bigs to get these boards. Sometimes they just kind of go to him. You see this with, like, Rondo a lot, too. But that's a use. I'm not going to knock him for that, necessarily. His average rebound is, like, seven feet away from the basket. He's not down low battling. But, again, that's useful. Because then you can get out in the fast break, run, and kind of do your thing. But when the Pelicans weren't able to do that because everyone was making things against him, it really shows how limited Lonzo Ball is as a player. And we've talked about this. So the Pelicans didn't, as a team, didn't kind of put him in the best position to succeed. They didn't really put anyone in a good position to succeed. So that was disappointing from him. He is the Pelicans should not extend him this offseason unless they just do some ridiculous lowball, but he won't accept that. He probably still thinks he's a max player in his mind, and I don't think he'd take a lowball from New Orleans anyway. There's no reason. I don't know if his value right now after this season is any lower than it would have been. So there's no incentive for him to take a contract. You are gonna hear a lot of people trying to throw out numbers and all this this offseason. It's probably not going to happen. I think the Pelicans need another year of really looking at him. Is that three-point shooting a mirage, or is this for real right now? Does he show off some of that same aggression that he actually had moments of in the bubble, or is it just not going to be there? And he'd said, you know, he was playing the best basketball of his career, was finally healthy, and kind of getting out of the rhythm at the end of the regular season going into the NBA's restart really, really hurt him. But that just shows that he's an inconsistent player right now. And that's not someone you want to commit a four-year deal to. That's not someone you want to commit big money to. He put himself in a bad spot here during all of this. You could have made the argument going into this that they should extend him. Now, I just really don't think you can. And. It's going to kind of be one of those interesting things where if he comes in place insanely well next year, like you're fine paying him a max deal and matching whatever's offered to him in restricted free agency. And then if he doesn't, you might need to be comfortable letting him walk depending on how poorly he plays. And if you maybe change coaches and he doesn't fit into the type of offense that they run, that could be a big deal. So you don't need to make a decision on him just yet. But it was a rough, rough bubble for him. There's no kind of uh, way to say it any other way. We're not sugarcoating things right now for guys. He has got to be better. He's got to be more aggressive in the half court. He's got to be consistent with that shot. Because if he has games where he's going 0 for 4, 0 for 7, 1 of 8, 1 of 9, he's hurting you more than he's helping you. And we saw the Pelicans really struggle. And he was a big part of that reason. So before we get into tonight's game, and I do have some reasons why you should watch, I promise, despite all the people sitting out, like we had said, today's show is brought to you by My Bookie. Say it with me now, sports are back. I've been waiting for this day since March, and now that it's here, I've only got one thing on my mind, My Bookie. My Bookie is a home run, slam dunk, triple overtime, game winning shot, all wrapped up into one, I love it. You love it. And that should be all you need to hear in order to start betting today. My bookie has up to the minute odds on all of your favorite teams, whether it's the NBA or major league baseball. There's never been a better time to start playing with my bookie. It's easy. You bet, you win, they pay. You're feeling good about your team's chances this year. Be sure to check out my bookie's future bets. Nothing shows you believe in your squad like betting on them before the season's even begun. There's never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting. Join today and MyBookie will match your deposit 100%. Plus, they'll toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. That is free money they're giving you right there. All you got to do is enter promo code LOCKEDONNBA. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA when signing up. Remember, at MyBookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they pay. Again, don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team and the NBA. And it's game day here for your Pelicans as they take on the Sacramento Kings. Kings also eliminated from playoff contention. Pelicans also eliminated from playoff contention. If you want to skip this game, I don't blame you. And I don't think anyone's going to fault you if you do. The Kings, by the way, no De'Aaron Fox in this one. He's listed as out. No Rashawn Holmes listed as out. And no Kent Bazemore listed as out. Throw in no Zion, no Drew, no Ingram. What the hell are we going to watch tonight, right? Well, it's going to be a youth movement, I think. So this is one of those things where like wins and losses don't matter anymore. This is where... Just throw the rookies out there and let them kind of go at it, or the young guys. I expect to see lots of Jackson Hayes in this one, a lot of Nikhil Alexander-Walker in this one, frankly, a lot of Frank Jackson in this one too. Throw in Sindarius Thornwell, who they added during all of this, and maybe you see what you've got in some of these guys, or just let them improve a little bit. I don't think any of these minutes for any of these guys is going to be that big of a deal at this point. But you know what? At least it's going to be fun to watch the rookies do kind of some fun things, maybe some stupid things at times too. I'm hoping I'll see Jackson Hayes rebound a little bit better, get some better positioning on the uh, on the defensive glass. And if I see that, I'm going to be really happy. I'm going to be thrilled if Nikhil Alexander Walker doesn't throw eight passes into these the stands, the bench, all of that stuff and instead plays a little bit more under control. But if he can get his shot going in this, I think he's done a lot of other things right. His outside shot hasn't fallen. And if he gets it going, I'm going to feel good. And that's just all we're kind of looking for. Sendarius Thornwell, does he have a shot? Does he play good defense? Even if you don't want to read that much into this sort of stuff. I'm excited for all of that. It's fun to kind of watch the young guys just kind of go do their things in a pressure-free environment. We'd like more meaningful basketball, but these final two games are not going to be that. So that's... Where it goes, really, for everything. So, yeah, we'll see how the game goes tonight. We'll recap it tomorrow. Wins and losses, of course, don't matter. And that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast from. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nolajake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow.